All right, welcome to Cuyamaca Conversations. My name is Daniel Baco. I am a student here at Cuyamaca College for the Music Industry Seminar class. I have a friend with me here today, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is Evan Graves. My artist name is Evan Maxwell, and sup, Baco? Happy to be here. <laughs> Good to see you again, my friend. So tell us a bit about yourself. Like, um, are you a student and currently enrolled anywhere? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm currently a student at SDSU. I'm in the global comp- the music department, global composition program, which has been fun. This is my first semester at SDSU. I was at Grossmont College previously, and mm-hmm. making the switch making the switch was interesting because it's much bigger college. Yeah, but yeah. So, um, de- depending on the program there, I mean, like, how do you how do you like it um, personally for you? Is it is it a good fit, or I mean, is it very complicated? Mm-hmm. I mean, just by from the going from community college to a university level mm-hmm. what would you how would you describe that uh i would say it personally it seems relatively the same there's a slight there's a slight uh difficulty level change going to the university it's a little harder it seems but based off the classes that i've currently chosen for my introduction basically my introduction semester <laughs> tried i tried to make it as easy as possible so that i wouldn't like be ridiculously stressed out it seems relatively the same we'll see if that continues to be the same <laughs> as i move on to the further classes all right now um global composition i know that's something completely out of the realm of what I know. Could you please uh, elaborate on uh, exactly what you're trying to go with that as further in your career as a musician? Okay, so um, actually the reason I went to SDSU was because of my parents. They have this program called Entrepreneur- Music Entrepreneurship and Business. And as far as we knew, that was the only college in the country that offered a program like that. Oh, wow. So uh, it was my parents' and. I guess kind of still is their dream that I would go into that particular program. So I applied and stuff, but they suggested that I go into the global comp program. I also wanted to get into the music recording technology program because I enjoy doing that. That's kind of what I do already. But uh, SDSU, the professors at SDSU told me I would be a better fit for the global comp program. I went into that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's basically teaching you the ins and outs of kind of like songwriting to producing and releasing your own stuff in many different genres. Right now, I'm focusing on jazz, a little bit of classical. You're going to get into classical and the theory classes and whatnot. Right. But there's a large jazz focus. They also have um, electronic music recording classes. Which is not what you do. Right. I haven't gotten into those yet, but I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm sure you are. (laughs) <laughs> um, so depending on the type of music you like and what I know about you but for those of us who don't know about you please uh, could you please uh, elaborate on what type of music you like what music you like to create and are you working on any projects right now yeah yeah so do you want me to first of all do you want me to go into like how I actually got into music or? you know what that'd be great yeah yeah that'd be, that'd be really great <laughs> okay um, <coughs> so um, I was not or I didn't think I was musical growing up, right? And none of my family's members are, except for my uncle. He had this, like, organ, a vintage B3 organ. It was awesome, right? And I have this picture of me at, like, three years old, just, like, slapping my fingers on on the keyboard, making random noises, I'm sure. That's about the um, the only time I ever touched a musical instrument until I was eight years old. At eight years old, I lost my mom to cancer, Oh, man, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, thanks. And um, my dad enrolled my brother and I in a program 
where kids who had gone through traumatic experiences could learn to work through their different pains, different emotions through the different art forms. And I tried sculpting, I tried painting and drawing, I was horrible at it. My <laughs> circular, I was trying to make a circular bowl and it ended up square. But, and I was square about that. <laughs> but um, I also tried music and music was what I really connected with. So started out on piano, drums. Tried, I, I was on drums and my brother was on lead guitar. And one day our instructor, if you guys are familiar with the band Slightly Stupid, he's um, Daniel De La Cruz, the saxophone player. He was our instructor. Oh, wow. And I know he's awesome. I love him. And he said, you know, why don't you guys try switching instruments just just for a day? And I was like, this is the most ridiculous idea ever. And then we did and literally never went back to our original instrument. (laughs) I stuck with lead guitar for like five years, probably. My brother... Uh, same amount of time with drums. At some point, he introduced me to a software called GarageBand, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with. If we aren't, we got problems. <laughs> and um, it's basically it's a beginner level music production software, basically. And I was like, wait a minute, I can make I can make music by myself. I don't need to like go to other people to do this. This is awesome. I also didn't know that electronic music was a thing at the time, so not having any instruments of my own at home, I ended up trying to emulate rock and roll music and metal music with synthesizers. And it didn't sound like rock and roll music or metal music. It sounded like electronic music because that's what it was. <laughs> um, I, I also didn't understand the ability to synchronize what I was playing to the beat. And so everything was ridiculous. Like it was horrible sounding. I'm conv- well, hey, the creative process works in mysterious ways. So does God, yeah. yeah and um, so one, at some point, my dad showed me this video of Skrillex, and he was like, hey, your, your songs, I know you're trying to do other stuff, but that kind of sounds like this. You should check this guy out. And I was like, whoa. I had no idea electronic music was a thing. This is what I want to do. And so that's kind of how I got into uh, what I do now. I started investing in different softwares, um, Ableton, Digital Performer, FL Studio, Logic Pro. I actually won FL Studio in a contest, but that's a different story. Um, Logic Pro is, because I grew up using GarageBand, Logic Pro is what really stuck with me. I was like, this is awesome. And it's so intuitive because it's like literally the next step up from GarageBand. Yeah. So um, got into that, started investing in, I've really after that, I just invested in uh, synthesizer plugins and headphones because if you have the software and a good, decent way to listen to the music, that's, that's really pretty all, much all you need for electronic music, need. right? <laughs> now, there was an inside joke going around when I was in Music Theory 3 the first time, and I wanted to introduce you to them, but they, they had no interest in you, so I'm sorry about that. They said, <laughs> you know, when it comes to electronic musicians, all they are glorified button pushers, mm-hmm. and I know... That is not true. Mm-hmm. Can you please explain why you're not a glorified so, button pusher? <laughs> um, there are, there are, they have a point. There are electronic music producers who are glorified button pushers. And what they do is they take sounds that other people have spent a decent amount of time working on and trying to make, and they take those sounds and then just put them together and throw a beat on top. And there are people who do... <coughs> who do that, and people who get decently successful doing that. What I do and what 
most dubstep producers who actually make it try to do, you have to be unique in some way. So taking other people's sounds and then using that for your song, first of all, isn't going to get you as far as you'd like to get if you really want to make this a career. So there are limits. There are limits to doing that, yes. So what we do is essentially all of the sounds in electronic music are made from scratch. Like literally, I could record on my phone the sound of like me hitting a tire with a stick and then somehow I have to use that to create, I don't know, I think I've done something like that. Like I've turned bird chirps into growl synthesizers and stuff, but you have, you have to start. There's literally no, uh, there's no set instruments for you to use. You have to create your instruments, which is really fun. It's one of the reasons I love making the music. It's called, it's, it's sound design basically. Sound design. Okay. So, um, my, my kicks, my snares, my hi-hats, everything is created in a synthesizer. And the, that whole process, I love that whole process. Cause like the amount of things that you can do with a synth that you can't do with a guitar, which is what I was doing before, or with any other instrument, you can literally take a synthesizer and make it sound like a human voice talking, which is nuts. Wow. So dubstep and what I do is basically, um, I kind of just explained it, but I make sounds that are like generically atonal. There's also like, there's sound design for um, tonal stuff, like chords and stuff like that. The real difficulty comes when you get to synthesizing drums and synthesizing uh, growls and basses, screeches, etc., where you have to, you have to have an understanding of the technicality and the mechanical side the audio engineering side of it all and that's another aspect of making electronic music is most electronic music producers i i think i've only met one guy and i've met a lot of electronic music producers i think i've only met one person who doesn't do his own mixing and mastering on his songs as well as the writing and everything else to it well let's not name names so we don't call it anybody no shots <laughs> fired here um well what kind of artist would you consider yourself based on what you just described in uh yeah, could you uh, explain that to us? Mm-hmm. I would I would consider myself a EDM and dubstep producer. I wear a lot of different hats though in the audio field in general. So it's I think it's hard to categorize me and a lot of other producers in one specific category. Producer would probably be the main one. I would also say DJ. I've done audio engineering for commercials for different companies. Um, I've done mixing and mastering for other bands, but. Mainly, I would say producer, DJ. So who would you say are your main influences? Who inspired you to get into this type of music Mm -hmm. necessarily? Well, initially when my dad showed me Skrillex, I would say Skrillex. Any others uh, that you can name off the top of your head? Yeah, um, Virtual Riot. If you guys don't know who that is, look him up. He has a very unique style. It's, It's very... Um, how do you describe it? He does a lot of heavy stuff, like rhythm and trap and dubstep, etc. But he also does um, house and glitch hop and all these like melodic dubstep. He does all these like really obscure cool, type, right? Genres like he, he does it all. And so fields. yeah, he does a lot of different genres. And so for me to see him doing that versus a lot of electronic artists tend to just stick in one field, and they could be really good at that field but they never really branch out into other areas. And I really want to try to like 
get all of those different aspects. Down. You want to add more to more fuel to the fire for your <laughs> right. Creative and so I feel like I feel like virtual right is a very very good example of that. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Well, um, are you currently working on any projects right now? I am actually. So I'm always working on projects. <laughs> well, yeah, I know you, but for those of us who don't. Right. Um, actually, last weekend I was in a worship session at this retreat that I was at, and I felt this like ridiculous, overwhelming sense that God was like, you know, Everin, you should try mixing the dubstep that you make with worship music and make a worship dubstep EP or a worship dubstep album. Oh, here we go. And I've never seen anyone do that before. I've and never even heard of that whatsoever. <laughs> so I'm one of the labels I'm with is called Apostle Records, and we try to what we're trying to do is bring dubstep and rhythm, all that heavy bass-oriented electronic music to the Christian scene because there's not a lot of it, but we don't necessarily have worship lyrics and that type of a feel in the music. It's more right. just like kid-friendly, family-friendly so that people can enjoy it without having to worry about all the stuff that modern All the repercussions uh, right, right. we have today. So, and we've gotten a lot of backfire for that too. Yeah. But um, I, felt, I felt like God was like, you know, you should try taking classic worship songs and do dubstep covers of those worship songs. So I started working on this project a few days ago, and I'm really excited about it. I think <clears throat> the point of it is going to be to, I guess, shake things up in the Christian music scene. I think a lot of Christian music kind of sounds the same right now. <clears throat> and To an extent. To an extent. Yeah. There's, there, there are some really good artists, and I'm not saying that there, most of them are really good artists. Oh, yeah. But... Um, there really isn't any of this any of this type of electronic music in this particular field. So you're trying to expand on the idea that there can be more than just one different one type of sound in Christian music. Right. Well, that's that's really cool. Right. That's, and that's I think very interesting. There there are people who like they're like Christian metal bands and stuff. Why can't there be Christian dubstep? Right? That's a good point. That's a really good point. No, I, feel, I never thought of it that way. I feel way. like there's an untapped art, um audience for that. Yeah, so. that sounds really cool. Well, um what else was I going to ask you? Uh, why is your uh, artist name Evan Maxwell on your uh, on your um, uh, websites and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. That I always I always wanted to ask you that question, but I never personally got into that conversation mm-hmm. with you. I figured this would be a good place to ask you that. So yeah, uh, yeah. could you uh, sure. get into that? Um, my so I wanted to have some cool DJ name, right? <laughs> but as I was in the process of coming up with different names and stuff, I was like, oh, this name sounds sick and stuff. And my dad overheard me talking. He was like. Oh, I forgot to tell you. I already purchased EvernMaxwell.com, the URL. So that's your artist name. And I was like, Oh, I was like, so what? Limited, <laughs> right? I was like, Wait a minute, you chose my artist name? He's like, Yeah. And I was like, Okay, okay, I can make this work. <laughs> <laughs> and I came up, I came up with a cool logo for it. So I think, I think it works. I like, I like it now. I did not like it back then. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you ask me, I thought it I thought it fit because if you just take the D out of EDM, there are your initials EDM, right there yeah. for your My uncle name. calls me Everin wait, dance electronic dance music. He calls me like Everin Dance Maxwell. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's your unofficial name. Unofficial. Unofficial. <laughs> so, um for the creative process for those artists who are like you yourself electronic producers mm-hmm. do you have any words for them uh, when it comes to trying to get their music out there and stuff like that mm-hmm. i would say uh, as far as getting your music out there if you want to 
pitch and get onto the bigger labels and stuff, try not to, you can pull from other artists who are successful, but try not to really sound like any particular one of them. In order for these labels to want to pick you up, you have to sound unique. Because otherwise, they already have the artist that you're trying to sound like. Why would they sign you too? Because they already have the real deal. So originality is key. Originality is key. And take the time to really hone in your, I guess, songwriting. And the mixing and mastering is a big part of it in electronic music particularly. Because because it's all electronic, there is no live instrument setting for this. I mean, sometimes there is. I, I put in like... Chinese Eru violins and stuff in my dubstep sometimes, and it sounds <laughs> sick. But um, <clears throat> even even those are like pre-recorded. Right. But um, if you can get a clean sound, like mixing-wise, get your mix down and have your sound unique, then you have something that no one else has, which is basically a, you have a sound that no one else has, and you've got it to sound good. If you right. can get there, then e- even at that point, you may not be able to get on the labels that you want to get on. You have to, the labels want to invest in something that they know will make a profit. Right. That they see w- is proven to be successful. Right. So if you cannot get on labels and you have both of those things, uniqueness and uh, quality of music. There you go. Um keep on working just like keep doing that and keep churning songs out promote yourself self-marketing marketing is a major aspect of this you have to be able to get yourself in front of people who maybe like the type of music that you're making maybe they don't and you have to be able to show them and prove to them why they should listen to your music compared to other people's and that's where being unique comes into play that's where having the quality of that sound comes into play and once you can get that audience then go back to those labels that you submitted to earlier and say hey i've built up this following would you reconsider taking me on or in electronic music actually most of the time you sign per song. You don't sign for a period of time for yourself and your future releases. Right. So a lot, like a lot, a lot of artists that I know and the major artists, they'll release, they've probably released on like 20 different labels and they'll keep on jumping back and forth based off of which label they feel like their song should be released on because there is no set, um, there is no set, I'm going to release with this label for a period of time. It's this song I'm going to submit to this label. This song I'm going to sum- submit to this label. They'll sign those songs, and then you get a bigger audience because each of those labels has their own audience. Right. And you get to reach out to each of those audiences instead of sticking with just one. So being an electronic producer, you have that avenue of uh, uh, creating a fan base because you each different label has this type of audience, and since you sign, you know, song here, song there... Mm-hmm. You gain that fan base. Well, right. But you have to have your own fan base before then. Right. They have to be a fan of you before, like, it's it's harder to pick up fans of a label that you're on versus have fans of your music and then join a label. Oh, and that's okay. what And that's what labels want to see. If you have personal fans, you're going to get consistent listens, consistent plays, right. consistent revenue versus... If you don't have very many personal fans, but you're on a label, 
that has a large following. I recently released on a label with 6 million followers and I didn't really gain that much from it because none of those are none of those people none of the fans of that label had heard of me. It's a slightly different genre that right. label goes for. None of them had actually heard of me. So they're like they're probably like, "Oh yeah, that's a cool song," but they could care less about me. It's just about the music. Right. You have to you have to build a uh, I guess you have to have a fa- put a face to the music. To the music, they have to be a fan of you. Okay. Uh, so, um, my last question is, uh, where do you um see yourself with this, and maybe like three or four years from now, what's your ultimate <clears throat> goal as an electronic pu- producer slash musician? Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I have two goals. Uh, one, I guess you could say, is a contingency plan for the first goal if the goal doesn't work. And it's good to have backup plans and stuff. Well, yeah. But um, there, well, this is honestly, you, there, so. I, enjoy, I enjoy doing a lot of different things. I would prefer to be on tour DJing and producing my music. It is possible to make, like, make a good living just at your home studio producing music and you don't actually have to go out and perform. Okay. If, for some reason, I couldn't go out and tour and perform... I would love to do that, and that'd give me the opportunity to start a family, which would also be cool. I don't know how how touring and having a family would work would coincide with each other. Right, there are those you who never do know. It, you never know. Still, but um, I think it's good to i I think that I would enjoy both. And if for some reason I can't produce, then I'd like to do audio engineering for different companies, mixing and mastering for other bands and stuff. Although that would drive me nuts if for some reason I couldn't do producing. <laughs> right. Well, I doubt that's going to happen. But. Any last words for our audience? Um, if you guys, guys want to look into the type of music that I make, I would definitely recommend uh, looking up Virtual Riot. Zomboy is another good one. There's a label called Disciple, and they are known for the heavy rhythm dubstep type of music that I enjoy making and virtual riots on that label. And he also releases like the more melodic stuff too. Um, if you want to look up my music, <laughs> yeah, before we go, could right, you give right. Us that info? Um, I'm on Spotify and iTunes, Apple music, Amazon, etc. Right. Uh, you can find me under Everin Maxwell and that's, it's kind of like Everett, but with an N it's E V E R E N. And then I'm, pretty sure most people know how to spell maxwell yeah <laughs> one l or two l should be specific two there you go <laughs> all right everyone thank you for being here this has been queer maca conversations i appreciate you being here yeah thanks for having me baco all right thank you